On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, the Oklahoma City Thunder continue to dominate with a blowout win over the LA Clippers. Chet Holmgren is finding his stride, and does he look good? We'll talk about it all on today's Locked On Thunder podcast. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're diving into the Oklahoma City Thunder, getting an impressive win over the LA Clippers, snapping that Clipper streak. Chet Holmgren continues to find his stride. Lou Dort coming up big and much more. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go there right now to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA or use code LockedOnNBA, all lowercase, first deposit matchup to $100. What a game this was for the Thunder. You have Kawhi Leonard who missed his first game of the season tonight. He was out second night of a back-to-back for the Clippers. They also didn't have Mason Plum in this this game either, but they did have Paul George, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden. The Thunder were fully healthy, only without Keontae Johnson, who's with the G League team right now at the Winter Showcase. And the Clippers are riding this nine-game winning streak. Things have really turned around, and things have really turned on for them, even as people... We're laughing at the James Harden trade and thinking it was a terrible idea. The Clippers have made the most of it and have been able to overcome uh, that trade and not just overcome it, but like legit played really good basketball uh, to the tune of nine straight wins. The Clippers come in 17 and 11. Uh, Now after the loss, they leave 17 and 11. The Thunder leave after the win 18 and eight in this first 26 games of the season uh, stretch here for both teams. The most eye-popping part of this game for the Thunder was Chet Holmgren. It's pretty surreal that you can get a a win over a team who's won nine straight, over a team who's already won 17 games to this point in the season, and the headliner, the, the number one thing on the agenda the number one spot on the show doesn't go to the MVP candidate. It just shows you how talent-rich this team is. But as Chet Holmgren continues to find his stride, you saw just how valuable and versatile that Chet Holmgren can be. 23 points, 7 assists, 6 rebounds, and only 1 turnover. That 1 turnover is huge because Chet Holmgren was able to play more aggressively off the off the dribble while still not overly turning the ball over and not overly making mistakes. Instead, it actually helped the Thunder. Just two missed shots all night, one from three, one from inside the arc. The highlight play that everyone is seeing right now is a self-alley-oop 
off the backboard where he pump fakes, gets Zubak in the air, and then throws the self alley-oop. The confidence it takes to pull that play off, especially for a rookie, is unmatched. And I think that it's a tiny glimpse into how Chet Holmgren has been able to be so successful. It's because the Thunder, like other teams do at times, they're not forcing their young players to play in fear. They're empowering their young players to even do something as radical and as as out there as throw a self-alley-oop. It's not just confidence. It's the belief and the trust that even if this fails, even if this does not go the highlight route, it's not a death sentence. I'm not signing away my minutes, right? The, the, the kind of confidence that this team has placed in Chet from the top to bottom, front office, coaching staff, players, it allows for greatness to happen. It allows for plays like that to happen. Because if you're sitting there scared that like one mistake lands you on the bench as a rookie big man, which oftentimes is the case for rookie big men, or that maybe, you know, your teammates will freeze you out or that, you know, things will look different for you with one mistake. You're not trying that play. You're only trying that play with the assurance that if anything went wrong, it would be, it would be a total snap and clear move on to the next play. But instead it went right. And it was a, Fantastic highlight, and it was a play that not only got the Thunder two points, that not only was going to be a a highlight clip that you will see for the rest of Chet Holmgren's career, but when the Thunder had that play happen, when when Chet decides to throw the self-alley-oop, OKC found themselves down one. They then go on a 19-2 run because the crowd fed off that moment His teammates fed off that moment. It's not just making winning plays. It's making winning plays loudly, which is what Chet Holmgren does, which is what J-Dub does, which is what SGA does. And you make those loud winning plays. You're incredibly tough to beat at home. And it feels more demoralizing to where in the blink of an eye, The Clippers go from having battled all the way back to take a lead to in the blink of an eye, they're waving the white flag and putting in their reserves and and Ty Lue just says enough on the second night of a back-to-back. Those are back-breaking plays. You have three guys who can make back-breaking plays, who can make plays that ignite an entire building an entire team. And what's good about these guys is they're able to manufacture that energy, even on the road, as we've seen them have success on the road early on this year. But I just can't get over the wanting to try that in an NBA game. For a guy who admits he's never done that before in an organized basketball game, pickups, sure, 1v1s, sure, but never in this setting, much less the NBA, never in a setting where it was legit a basketball game and it counted. To pull that out right here, right now, in your 26th game of your NBA career, it just continues to show how high his ceiling is 
and the ability to foster development that the Thunder have. But even more beyond that, the Thunder got him involved early. First play of the game is, is J-Dub running this wraparound action where he dumps it off the chat at the elbow, you know, behind the back bounce pass at the elbow for a nice, clean, easy jumper. Using Chet in the pick and pop is just lethal because SGA can absolutely punish the big man for playing drop. In this case, it was Zubak. Zubak's playing drop in the pick and roll, leaving way too much space. So off the dribble, SGA can just pull up at the elbow and knock down a shot. Uh, and even if you get a clean switch, and let's say the big picked up SGA higher there, SGA can, of course, blow by the big and get to the rim. And if by somehow the big man takes away SGA, you've got to A, get a clean switch, which would be a seal, a bad guard contest on a seven-footer who can just shoot over the guard, or the switch is late and shuts wide open. So that's why you see the pick and pop work so well for the Thunder. It's because of how talented SGA is, too. There is no right decision. There is no, there is no right call when defending SGA and Chet Holmgren in the two-man game. And you saw that early and often in this game. Chet had the first seven points of the, you know, the seven of the first 15 points for OKC. He had a beautiful catch-and-shoot three with Lou Dort screening in front of him, which, pre- which prevented any sort of contest from Zubak. But there are two other plays that really stood out, two other sequences. First one was just overall how more, how more aggressive Chet has been off the dribble. And it resulted in an easy baseline dunk where he just kind of walks the ball right to a spot uh, coming baseline uh, around two guards and just slams it home. And when he's more aggressive off the dribble, we mentioned that the turnovers are still down, only one turnover in this game, but you've got to foul him. You, 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 are, you are now beating bigs and even beating guards off the dribble. Where now, now they're playing from behind you and they're going to send you to the free throw line. And you want Chet Holmgren at the, three point, at the free throw line. So the free throw line is Chet's friend and is the Thunder's friend. They've been a good free throw shooting team, except for technical fouls, by the way, uh, but really good three-point shooting, free throw shooting team uh, this season. Now, I, I think that the last play that I want to highlight with Chet Holmgren is another one of these plays where there's so many wrinkles off of it. There's three seconds left in the third quarter. Chet gets subbed back in at that dead ball. And they throw this home run pass down to Chet who catches it on the other end, top of the key. And so now Chet has caught the ball top of the key, defender on his back, three seconds left, and look at all the options he has in front of him. He elects to pitch the ball to SGA, who is now having a full head of steam right to the rim. Fantastic option. They had to foul Shea. Shea goes to the free throw line, easy points that you've just generated with three seconds left and having to go the length of the court. If that pitch isn't there the turn and shoot three, no matter who's on Chet, is still a quality look. Like that's a more quality look than you're typically going to get up with three seconds left and having to go the length of the floor. So I love to see that from the Thunder. I love to see kind of what that can create for OKC. But Chet Holmgren in general continues to find his strides, continues to kind of lay out how good he can be and thus how good this Thunder team can be. We'll talk about it more coming up on today's Lockdown Thunder podcast. We're back on the Lockdown Better Podcast. I want to see you right now. But good friends over at BetterHelp. Folks, BetterHelp is awesome. Check them out today at BetterHelp. And 
you know, my favorite part about BetterHelp is that if you've been wondering or if you've been wanting to experience what therapy can do for you, but maybe you know, you, you've been using the same crutch of like, ah, you know, it's, it's the holidays, there's a lot going on, I don't have time. You know, those are crutches that are very comfortable, especially for me to use. And I think that with BetterHelp, the benefit that I've found has been, it's all on you. It's just on your timing. So they will work around your schedule entirely. And so you can go there and you can fill out this questionnaire survey and they'll match you with a licensed therapist and you can start rolling there. And if, if you you know feel like this may be not the, the therapist for you, that's fine. You can totally rematch with a new therapist, no extra charge until you find the right one for you. And then you can just continue now down that path uh, and, and gain all the wonderful benefits uh, of therapy. So you can try BetterHelp. It is flexible and fully suitable around your schedule. So that's incredibly convenient and it's entirely online. So check it out today at betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on NBA. And when you do, then you get 10% off of your first month at BetterHelp. So check them out today at betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder basketball. Make sure you go check out the Lockdown Sports Today YouTube channel, a 24-hour streaming channel on YouTube with all of your favorite uh, sports covered and the top stories in sports covered with our local experts. So go check it out today, the first of its kind, a 24-hour streaming channel uh, on YouTube, Lockdown Sports Today. Now, we're going to continue on talking about this Clippers game because Isaiah Joe made his impact felt. 11 points, a block, two rebounds, drawing a charge on Russ. He does so many things well. That like three-point shooting is just the tip of the iceberg of how good Isaiah Joe is. He had a strong rim finish over Kobe Brown. Again, the charge draw on Russ. He had two rebounds, but it was the way that he gets his rebounds. This is clearly a guy who's who's not designed for cleaning the glass. But his ability to just soar and fight for defensive rebounds especially and just create possessions, which creates an easy two points in this case and swings the game. You saw that at the end of the Nuggets game. The SGA game winner is going to get a ton of praise, but setting that up is Isaiah Joe flying in, high pointing the ball, on a defensive rebound and getting it down to Shea. And the Thunder have a chance to win. Shea goes down, cashes on the chips, and wins the game in Denver, which is one of the best wins of the season, one of the best wins in quite some time in Thunder history, period. And that's sparked by what Isaiah Joe can do beyond just knocking down threes. And in this game, the threes, of course, were falling. Three for seven from three. It felt like he had a you know, a massive game from beyond the arc, and all three of those threes were pivotal and kind of changing this game. So Isaiah Joe deserves a lot of credit for uh, what he was able to do in this one. Looking at Lou Dort, Lou Dort played some unreal defense. Uh, you can talk about what he did on James Harden, deservedly so. I mean, I mean the way he was able to defend James Harden uh, should be noted of Harden struggling, shooting below 40% from the floor on his way to laboring to 23 points. But he also had some incredible moments on Paul George. Paul George is just one of the best tough shot makers there is. I mean, he shot 50% from the floor, but I promise you, Paul George had to work for those 22 points, both with Kaysen on him and with Lou Dort on him. 
I mean, there were plays where like Ludort specifically, where he's defending Paul George and you know, he, you know, the Thunder, of course, play the switching and, and, and collapsing, and you got to dive back out to the three point line uh, to close out, uh, you know, closing out hard. So Ludor has to close out really hard on Paul George in the, at the top of the key area. And everything momentum wise says he's going to give Paul George a flyby three. Paul George is gearing up to take this wide open three because there's just no way that Ludor can stop and stay planted. But that's exactly what Ludor does. He flies out to Paul George and he stays seated and plays elite defense, runs Paul George off the line, and forces Paul George to take this just brutally tough, you know, free throw line extended jumper, and Paul George hits it. With Lou Dort playing under him, Paul George hits a, a great mid-ranger J. And, and those are the type of, you know, of opportunities, of buckets, where you just got to plant your, you know, tip your cap to him. Tip your cap to him and just say congratulations, because that's, that's just unreal. And then you saw how explosive Ludort is. Like he's a step late reacting to Zubak going up with the ball. And as Zubak's going up in the, with the ball, and again, Ludort's a step late, Ludort is still able to have that fast twitch explosion to leap up in the air and get a massive block of the Clipper center. And Ludort's credit, he contributed offensively with some tough buckets. I mean, he shot 66% from the floor and had this wacky, drive <laughs> where like it was like this rondo pass fake thing uh finish at the rim he went three for six from three three rebounds four assists 21 points just a really good all-around game from ludor and, and his versatility defensively to go and play a team where you know they're there it's harder to find a top of the scouting report guy most teams have a top of the scouting report guy especially for perimeter defenders with the clippers you know, would it have surprised you if James Harden just lit it up? No, of course not. Would it have surprised you if Paul George just lit it up? Of course not. So, like, to, to, to and in this case, he did have the assignment of, of defending both those guys. Those were completely different covers, and you're having to do that possession to possession. That, that is just advanced stuff from Lou Dort, who we know is an elite defender, but it's still nice to point out the ways that he was elite tonight. Uh, against the Clippers, and it, was, it went a long way in the Thunder, getting a nice uh, blowout win over LA. Uh, for SGA, you know, he played it. He played it like his typical level. I thought. Now, now it's not going to look that way, right? He shot forty four percent from the floor, uh, but I thought he got to his spots well. I thought just like there's there's typical mid range shots that SGA hits that didn't bounce his way tonight. That got halfway home and bounced out. There's typical, you know, calls where you'll see superstars like SGA get that he didn't get tonight. So those factors resulted in like 31 points on 44% shooting not being a typical night for him. Like that's insane to say, but it isn't in terms of statistically. But I thought in terms of, you know, marching to his spots and, and, and beating the defense, it was a typical night for him. And so uh, whenever you look at this, I'd be I'd be curious to see like, if the Clippers were not in the second night of a back-to-back and were fully going for it, like the Clippers to me don't have a guard who can slow down SGA. But if they, I would be curious to see like if this had to be a, a playoff series, if this turns into a playoff series at the end of the year, you're obviously going to want to play up on Shea to where you're going to play either Kawhi or Paul George on Shea. And that of course throws off the fun shui a little bit where now you're having 
you know, an undersized guy take on J-Dub or having an undersized guy take on, uh, you know, maybe Chet, you can get more switches on Tim if you're playing up on Shea. How they would counteract Shea in a playoff series, I'm very curious about if, if it ever got to that point. But uh, again, didn't shoot the ball to the alarming rate he typically does in a positive way. But I still thought that these were quality looks for Shea and, and, and looks you want Shea shooting uh, more often than not. And more often than not, they're going to go in. 31 points, four assists, eight rebounds, four steals, two blocks, four steals and two blocks for him. This is a special, special motor. And it's become so normal over the last year that, yeah, Shea just goes out there and scores 30 and plays really good defense and like is engaged on defense. That's not how NBA superstars typically are. That's not the really that's not the reality that most NBA markets deal with. But it is the reality for Oklahoma City. And it has been such a huge difference and a huge help for Oklahoma City. That SGA is just able to play this way, night in and night out. Four steals, two blocks. I had, had a great block of uh, I believe it was Terrence Mann, I think, at the rim, uh, which was really nice. And then just the steals and, and the and the ability to to scrap for loose balls, either loose balls that he, of course, corrals himself, or that he's able to deflect away from the action into the arms of another Thunder player. Uh, those things that he does, those kind of gritty, tough things in a random December night, that's not guaranteed with other NBA superstars. That's really rare from other NBA stars. We'll talk Josh Giddy, J-Dub, Kaysen, Wiggins, and how the Thunder looked in general all coming up. But first, I want to say right now, but good friends over at Price Picks. Folks, Price Picks is great. Check them out today. They're available in Oklahoma. PricePicks.com slash LockedInNBA. PricePicks.com slash LockedInNBA. This is daily fantasy made easy because it's just you versus the projected numbers. That way, uh, you're not worried about taking on some pro fantasy player who knows way more than you could ever possibly know because they just study this night in and night out. You can just have fun picking out your card and building your little entry where you can pick two to six players and they can either all be NBA players. They can be some NBA players, some NFL players, some NHL players. You can mix and match sports if you want to. But my personal favorite is of course, looking at the NBA. And when you look at the NBA, you can say, Hey, I think that Anthony Davis will have more or less than his rebound projection. I think LeBron will have more or less than his points projection. I think that SGA will have more or less than his assist projection. And you've built an entire entry over tomorrow's Lakers game. And I know what you're thinking. It's the holidays. I want to set this right now. But it's the NBA. We never know who's going to play. That's where Prize Picks is really, really cool. Because Prize Picks is the only platform that gives you this reboot policy to where your entries can can survive, like, you know, not knowing if a guy will play or not, if you set it, you don't have to worry or like be scared of like what's going to happen. They'll take care of you if you know you need a reboot because a player didn't play. So you can set your entries and feel good that everything will be all right, even if uh, guys are out. So check it out today at prizepicks.com. Uh, go there right now, prizepicks.com slash locked in NBA or use the code locked in NBA and you get a hundred dollars deposit match up to hundred dollars on your first deposit. So check it out today, prizepicks.com. For a first deposit matchup to $100 at pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA. That's pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you 
talking Thunder basketball. Josh Giddy, uh, you know, I thought that he played well in the first half, obviously, uh, but he did leave the game just before halftime with an ankle sprain. Uh, Mark said post game that they'll just have to see how he, uh, you know, reacts and how he is at, at practice tomorrow. Uh, so an update should come sometime tomorrow afternoon. I would I would guess like around noon or so uh, would be the update for Josh Giddy. But if not, it'll come at like five o'clock when the initial injury report uh, is submitted. So keep an eye for that ahead of the Lakers game. But in this game, Josh Giddy, three threes in the first half, only one missed shot. Had a really nice behind the back pass to SGA for a for an easy bucket where he saved a three on one possession, which Paul George blew up. Uh, Josh got the loose ball and then sends it a behind the back pass to SGA. He also had a very good uh, drive where you know the Clippers did part the Red Sea for him because they're they're scrambling uh, to pick up their guys and no one stopped ball. But the decisiveness from Josh Giddy is the reason why the Thunder were able to take advantage of that. And typically, Josh Giddy not very decisive, and so you you might lose that advantage. But but his decision making to just attack the rim it results in an easy dunk because no one stopped the ball uh, and you're able to capitalize on uh, some misplaced defense from the Clippers and not allow them to react. Uh, to their mistake. 11 points, four assists, three boards for Josh Giddy. Uh, he did he did take, of course, a, a tumble with the ankle injury. It did not look good, uh, but I'm not a doctor, so I won't play one on a pod. We'll we'll, we'll see what uh what it looks like. I didn't stay at Holiday Inn last night. Is it is it the Holiday Inn or is it the Express or is it a or what's the joke with the olds out there? No offense, the olds out there. Uh, let me know on Twitter or in the YouTube comment section. Uh, Casey Wallace, I think there's a lot of credit. Be, like his box score is not going to indicate that uh, because he had two points and, and three assists and a block and he missed some open threes. He typically hits, but you should just seriously like just, you know, you know how the NBA lets you uh, kind of just like watch, uh, you know, an interactive box score where you can click on you know, field goals made and watch all the field goals made. You should go watch the field goals made from Paul George. And it's going to say more about the defense of like, dude, the defense was really like, he was not getting freebies out there. Casey Wallace was making him work. And, and there were multiple times where Paul George just shouldn't, just couldn't shake Casey Wallace. So he shoots over Casey in a tough shot. And at that point, what do you do? What do you do? Uh, Casey deserves a lot of credit for the way he plays defense. And, and especially in a night like tonight against Paul George, uh, J-Dub, I, I think he got it done. Uh, again, box score, 13 points, uh, four rebounds, but the seven assists, the Clippers gave him so much attention when he was the guy out there without, without SGA when he was the lead ball handler, they gave him so much attention, but he was able to make the right reads and create the advantage for OKC and create the advantage for the, uh, and you'll know, punish the Clippers uh, for, for over pursuing uh, J-Dub. And uh, he did leave the game early and was frustrated and kind of hobbled off right to the locker room. Uh, but he did return. And every time he was out, he was on the, on the bike. So uh, we'll see kind of how that responds again on Friday, uh, whenever there's no adrenaline, adrenaline, but at least he did return. That's still a good sign. Uh, for J-Dub because he did kind of come up a bit lame whenever he hit a bucket on the baseline. I don't know like if he stepped on somebody in the baseline or what, but he went went to the crowd kind of uh, uh, frustratedly. And then when the, when the play stopped, uh, he had to take a little, take a little uh, wince break and then go back to the locker room. So uh, we'll see what it looks like again with no adrenaline, but it's a great sign that he came back on, you know, obviously uh, to come back in this game and played and, you know, and moved pretty well when he was in the game after he came back. Because that happened like right at the start of the third quarter, and he still looked good the rest of the way. Luckily, of course, for the Thunder, they were able to take out uh, their guys around the four-minute mark and just kind of coast the rest of the game. But still, uh, something to note to watch for J-Dub. 
Aaron Wiggins, right place, right time game. 25 minutes tonight. I, I think that it does not get talked about enough how difficult Wiggins' job is. Uh, of, of some nights you don't play, most nights you play, you know, here's 10 minutes here, here's 12 minutes there. And then there's some nights where it just gets skyrocketed right to 25 minutes, which is pretty tough. Uh, eight points, seven rebounds, an assist, a steal. But I thought he did just a, a really good job of just floating around offensively in a positive way. You know, floating to find uh, the soft spot of the defense and being in the exact right spot to bail out possessions and to cap off possessions uh, for the Thunder. Uh, good rotations defensively as well for him. But overall, the Thunder had the right mindset in this one. They were, they were out there matching buckets and, 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 and getting in a groove offensively uh, to, to keep pace and then eventually outlast the Clippers in this game. The fact that the Thunder never got rattled when you see two starters go down, and right as those starters go down is when the Clippers start to go on that run and take the lead. I thought that, that showed great resolve for a very, very, very young Thunder team. Uh, four lead changes, two times tied. OKC got down, uh, got up by 20, I should say. Uh, the Thunder lost three rebounding battle, but only by two. Uh, the Thunder were plus four in turnovers, plus eight in points in the paint, and plus two in fast break. The Clippers did, one sec- did win second chance points, though. Uh, OKC shot 58, 47, 89. Really good shooting game from the Thunder. MVP of this game is Chet Holmgren. Folks, next up, Saturday against the Lakers. The Lakers are dubbing this a must-win game in the Paycom Center. The rare must-win game before Christmas Day. What a day. Here's the next five games. OKC, big win against the Clippers, who are on the second night of a back-to-back. They play the Lakers, Wolves, Knicks, and Nuggets upcoming. The Knicks is the second night of back-to-back for the Thunder. But... Big start uh, with a win in the next five games so that they're already going to know. How will they finish out this stretch? Let me know on the comment section down below. But, folks, thank you all for joining us again. Saturday's pod, we're going to recap that Lakers game on Christmas Day. You get a special podcast with myself and Michael Martin handing out Christmas gifts to everyone on the Thunder roster. And then back on Tuesday with a mailbag pod ahead of that stretch of of back-to-back games, Wolves and Knicks. So make sure you check out Lockdown Thunder wherever you get your podcast from, including on YouTube. And until Saturday, be good and be good to one another.